Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Being missional changes everything. Uh, I was pastoring for many years and I was always mission-minded. But then um, when our co-host came to serve with me on staff where I served, who is my son, Nathan Harper, I started seeing the Bible a little bit differently, that it was completely missional. And I started looking at the Bible as a missional book Mm. rather than just an instruction book. And it really changed the focus. It changed everything that I thought the church should be doing. And one of the things it does, it changes family life. And families have got to decide, okay, missionally, what do I need to do as parents? And different people come to different conclusions. But uh, one of the areas that we talk about is homeschooling. And uh, we're not saying, hey, this is the only Christian alternative. Don't you hear me saying that or anybody else saying that? This is what we know that God lays on parents to do. And when he does that, he'll equip you to do it. I believe that with all my heart. Nathan, it's good to have you again. Yeah, it's great to be And back. And it is a little different subject today, but missional and homeschooling being missional. But we feel like every family ought to be missional. And then how they decide to do that, they need to do it. Because there's a lot of good literature that comes across. If you're going to send your child to other schools, the supplemental stuff to help them to know or get a biblical worldview. So we want people to know that. But we're we're discussing this today with people, two people who are in the trenches of homeschooling. And it's Will and Mickey Addison. Uh, Again, they're good friends and and they work here at AFA, American Family Association. Uh, The Urban Family Network is, is they have a three-hour program there every day, and uh, many of you that listen know about them and know them and how blessed they are, but behind the scenes, they're homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> now, who's the principal and who's the teacher? How does that work, Will? Wow. Will is the principal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm the teacher. But man, Mickey does a great, great, great job. Like, man, I mean, with all the things that we have to do and all the things that things that she she does every day it's amazing it's amazing you know um and so my hat's off to mickey definitely for for all that she's doing i'm gonna make you a meatloaf for that (laughs) i want nathan i want nathan to speak to it he was homeschooled for a little bit and then a few years your children y'all guys you and rachel homeschooled jaws for a while Uh, and it is it is a family uh project isn't it it is I, i i'm the oldest of uh of my my siblings and uh, I ho- only homeschooled for one year. It was sixth grade, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways, that was my favorite year of school. I don't have many favorite school years. But. <laughs> the Harpers and Scholastic do uh, yeah. you know they, that does not compute. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. And, but in some other ways, it was it was a challenging year, um, and so 
Hmm. Now that um, I'm a parent, our oldest, uh, my daughter Chrisley, she we homeschooled her all the way up up until sixth grade, mm-hmm. and because of just life situation and and changing in logistics and things, uh, last year she was in sixth grade and went to public school for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I think she would probably say the same thing about her first year of public school. In a lot of ways, it was her favorite year, but in a lot of ways, it was challenging. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there's not one way to do education. Mm-hmm. There are some good and bad about all all ways. Um, but it'd be great to focus on what are some of the really good ways of of homeschool. How that leads even to uh, to a missional understanding of of life. I want to share mm-hmm. this and we're going to get to some specifics and okay. experiences if y'all guys could share it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do the interview with all of you on this one and it's this. Uh, we had a little bit of confusion in the church where our pastor about homeschooling was new and everybody said, what's this new <laughs> thing on the block? And so we had a meeting with parents and I got to take them through a history. I said homeschooling's the oldest kind of schooling there is. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And then That's I right. said after that came Christian education and I said I'm not trying to down anything, but the public school system, that's the new kid on the block when you start looking at it from a a logistics point of view and a a longevity point of view. So homeschooling, it kind of started a few years ago, and I remember Dr. James Dobson having a guy on the program, and it was brand new, and Mm -hmm. it kind of took root. Like Dr. Dobson, back in those days when he did Focus on the Family, Mm -hmm. if you got to be, uh, you know, interviewed on Focus on the Family, your value stock aired up high. You know, had so many millions of listeners, and I remember that, and it really took off in here, even in in Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about God speaking to your hearts about homeschooling. God doing it, and not just, I know it's a choice, a willful mm-hmm. choice, mm-hmm. but I've talked to you guys enough to know you feel like this is God's will for y'all's family. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Mickey. Go ahead, Will. No, oh. you go ahead. Okay. Well, I, we didn't always homeschool, of course. We had two older girls uh, who were in uh, public school, and, you know, God moved it on our heart to to begin to look into uh, homeschooling. Uh, it wasn't, we, we served as missionaries mm-hmm. uh, on, on the university campuses. And so my mindset was always, um, no, nah, my kids going to go to public school. They're going to win all these people for Jesus. We're going to just have a mission mentality. And, and, and so that was our mindset. Now, and, and still, I believe that if my kids go to a public school, that they will witness and they will be mm-hmm. a you know, witness for, for Christ. But we saw some things happening, you know, even with our, our girls in, in public school. It was like, man, we, we desire to have more influence and more control over over yes. certain things there's some things we don't want them to know right now and they were getting through like peer-to-peer learning you know yes. it wasn't necessarily yes. the teachers you know we had, that, they had great teachers they, they were Christian blessed teachers. with wonderful teachers yeah. yeah you know and some of the things they were picking up was like hold on where's this Whoa. coming from <laughs> you know and so for these foundational years we're just so blessed that God has allowed us to be able to homeschool that we can instill into them you know the faith that could, because we're supposed to be strategic when we shoot them out. Psalm mm-hmm. 127. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man. Exactly. Amen. Amen. And so that's Amen. that's the big part. We, we're making disciples. It's not just to shield our kids from the world, but we want to make disciples, you know, and be able to put them out there and they'll be able to stand for the faith. Go ahead, Mickey. 
So I just I feel like I went almost sort of as um, I don't know, <laughs> a donkey with bridle in mouth like to homeschooling. <laughs> it was not something that I wanted to do. In fact, if, if so, we can have an honest conversation. My opinion of homeschoolers were was that they were sort of elitist, that they thought their kids were better than everybody else, that um, their kids had a surefire trajectory to heaven just because <laughs> they homeschooled. And in fact, I was on the receiving end of a lot of like rudeness let's just put it <laughs> hey, it was Mickey, now don't be so plain no go okay. ahead <laughs> it was just it was just plain old rudeness where i you know i often was very hurt and talking to some of my sisters in the lord um i had one person tell me you know that um, you are not feeding your kids that when the disciples were with Jesus, that, you know, when they had all the, the multitudes of people that Jesus told the disciples, Hey, you're going to feed them. We're not going to send them away. And she said, you are sending your kids away. You are not carrying out your duty to feed your kids. And, and it was hurtful. You know, you have all these things. And so one of the things that I found for me, and I think it's a personality thing, is that it didn't make me look lovingly into homeschooling. It made me more yeah. resistant. It made me more like, okay, I, I actually don't want to be in community with people who think this way about other believers who have their kids um, outside of the homeschooling context. But as time went on and I started to notice, I, I paid, paid close attention. I started to notice um, the way our kids uh were learning that it was changing. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was looking at curriculum. I was meeting with teachers. Our kids by God's grace were blessed to have amazing Christian teachers yeah. who not only loved the Lord, but they were familiar with the work that Will and I did. They knew the ministry yeah. here. And that's one of the blessings of, of living in a smaller town. And so that was wonderful. But I would go and sit in these meetings and talk to the teachers about the curriculum. I would talk to them about what the kids were learning and how they were learning. And, the teachers would say to me, because we had built relationship and they were believers as well, they would say, you know what, Miki, we don't like it either, but this is what we have to teach. They would say, we don't like that they want us to do this method. We would prefer to do this method, but this is the way everything is getting rolled out. And so as we were aware of that increasingly and I was lamenting, I'd spend three hours um, after they got home before dinner, reteaching them. Yeah, I would read. I would reteach them. <laughs> and so I said to Will, I said, this makes no sense. Right. Like it makes no sense for me to waste all of this time with them gone eight hours a day. And then in three hours, I'm trying to get in lessons where I'm teaching them the way I want them to learn. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so um, prayerfully, we just felt the Lord was just leading us that we yeah. needed to do it. The other thing was we we noticed that um, our kids were adopting a lot of the worldviews of the kids around them. And when I say adopting, I mean that they were sort of like, well, you know, this is what so-and-so thinks, or this is what so-and-so believes. And, you know, I realized that that amount of time that they were spending with their peers and, you know, sort of being exposed to things that I was not ready to explore with them. It was becoming a part of their foundation. And I want Jesus to be their foundation. Amen. You know what I mean? I, Amen. I don't want to have to go through sort of like picking lint off a black coat. I don't want to have to go through <laughs> picking these things off my kids. I, I want them to be ready for service to the Lord. And so our intention and our mission is to really chiefly make disciples That's of our kids. That's the reason that we homeschool. Everything else is extra. That's the reason we're doing this program on homeschooling, on exploring missions, the missional part of it. When parents, 
have those convictions and they see what they're de- getting and what they desire, mm-hmm. this is this is what can happen and what has happened. Yeah. I, I just want to go back. I know I'm older than you guys, but honestly, when I was uh, in my little elementary school up uh, north of Tupelo, Mississippi, in Wheeler, Mississippi, I, I was getting a Christian worldview and did not know it back mm-hmm. then. This yeah. is in the uh, late 50s, early 60s, mm-hmm. and I really was. I mean, we were, I mean, you know, Bible lessons, uh, uh, matter of fact, I know most of you don't know this, and we had what is called a split school system. What that meant, we were mainly a farming agricultural community, mm-hmm. and and the kids were were children of farmers, and we wow. helped with the crops. So mm-hmm. we would get out in the spring and help the planting, mm-hmm. and then we'd go to school in the summer, and then we would get in the fall and help with the harvest. Wow. It's called a split school session. Okay. I did that all first six years. Now, what would happen in the summer, the churches in my little community, there was a Baptist church and a Methodist church. Mm-hmm. Every good southern town has those, <laughs> whether they have anything else or not, you know. And so they would have revivals. And guess what we would do? We would get out of school and go to the Baptist and Methodist church during the daytime and hearing that preacher, evangelist preach. Wow. And we were getting, I mean, that was part of who we do. We asked the blessing before we'd go. We'd get a Bible lesson. And the material we read was was biblical material that mm-hmm. at least with moral fiber. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was getting that. That wow. school was aiding my mom and dad in helping me get that and was aiding the church. I would say it's opposite now. Yeah. It's opposite. And, and, and <laughs> in a lot of ways. I am praying know. that God would see that, that wow. it was beneficial. Yeah. It was really beneficial to it. And mm. uh, so in homeschooling, what what have made that opposition uh, or that thought is that's what you're getting in homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's so vital. Nathan, you saw it. In yours and and even in educating your two oldest ones for some years, yeah, in mm-hmm. it really is. And for a lot of for us, uh, even now, and f- you know, for a lot of people, and and Miki, I know you mentioned this. It, a lot of ways, it becomes it comes down to two things. It comes down to the desire to disciple your children and the time um, to do that, and and the time goes into the discipleship. In other words, that's right. You know where where are children spending the majority of their time? Yeah. Um, you know, you think about this is an acronym we use um, in in the mission world when we want to. Um, you know, missionaries have you know limited amount of time, mm-hmm. and they want to invest that time where it's most you know beneficial. Mm-hmm. So you find someone who you might share the gospel with, and you want to disciple them, and you want to meet with them on a regular basis uh, to read the word together to disciple. And so th- there's an acronym that we use. It's called FAT. F A T. Yes. And you want to find people that are fat. You want to find fat followers of Jesus. And yes. F stands for faithful. Mm-hmm. That means they're going to they're going to be there. They're going to they're going to mm-hmm. if you ask them to read this, they're going to read it. If you if they say I'm going to commit to do this, they're going to do it. You want faithful people. Yeah. A stands for available. Mm-hmm. T stands for teachable. Mm-hmm. Yes. But what we found in at least at least in American western society, the A is the hardest to come by, that availability of having mm-hmm. time just to meet up. Having the time to meet up with someone when you have that time and they have the time and it corresponds and you have an hour or two to spend together, it's hard to come by. Mm. And it's really hard to disciple your children when they're not in the home, Mm -hmm. when they're spending a lot of time away and you're at work or whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. 
It really comes down to time and availability yeah. to disciple your children. Well, see, we mm-hmm. switched from an agricultural community to an industrial community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the agricultural community, community, your children were with you. They were in the well, fields with yes. you. They were that. You know, we did things together. We <laughs> harvested together. We planted together. This. And yeah. and my dad, uh, farmer. I I mean, we just did it. I I saw him. He always had a little notebook in his pocket. And I would see him somewhere, and he'd kneel down and write something in it. So I'd always wonder, what's Daddy writing in my notebook? Is he keeping a list of how much I'm working or not? Mm -hmm. But I'd go through it, and I'd see a Bible verse, or I'd see somebody's name he was praying for. He had them on his prayer list, and he had Bible verses, and I'd see him at home turning his Bible. And he'd look at that verse that he thought about while he was in the field. Mm -hmm. You don't think that made an impact on this little boy that was watching his dad doing that? Yeah. And uh, I hadn't gotten over it yet. And yeah. so that's the value of being home. Yeah. So what, what, no matter what, what, and Nathan is talking about this, uh, Dr. Dobson years ago said the dangers of the family, one of them is fatigue and time pressure. Mm. Mm. And, and let me just suggest this, simplify your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're going to play three or four sports, cut it down to one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't have your children in all the all the things that's going on. Have right. time for them. And and I know that's difficult in the society we live on, but it sure will pay off. And that's why homeschooling, I think it's not just necessarily what they're not learning, but it's not necessarily what they're learning, but it's a relationship with mom and dad and their and their brothers and sisters. Would you all agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. And, and it's wise, it's wisdom to, like you said, not to be involved in everything, you know, right. uh, not to be in every sports team. And my son, J.D., he plays, uh, we, we'll do basketball, we'll do flag football, you know. Um, and so you got to keep it in perspective. You can't play, you may, you may not be able to play baseball, you may not be able to play soccer and all that stuff, but you got to have the time to be able to have those outlets, but at the same time, you know, uh, have your family to be strengthened. But Mickey, I know you were thinking of when Pastor Bird oh, said man. about the industrial versus oh, the agriculture. <laughs> this is something that has been on my heart. So, so can I share with you? And and let me know if just jump in if I go on hey, too long. But I'm go, so go, girl, passionate. go, go. Okay, so so brother Bird, as I was listening to you talk about the difference in our society and how we move from an agricultural society to an industrial society, where then you have people who now fathers primarily are forced to leave the home just to provide for the home. And so one of the things that strikes me about how we approach homeschooling is that we make some assumptions about what has always been or what has never been. And often when I talk to moms, they sort of approach the word of God as if the word of God is um, written specifically to an industrial society, right? So they're filtering all of that through their modern construct. And I'm often saying, Hold on. You have to understand, first of all, the word of God is eternal. That means it can exist in every society, in every generation and have bearing on that society, on that culture, on that generation. So that means what are the things that we transfer to our heart? What are those things that no matter what type of society you live in that you're supposed to adopt? Well, one of those things is that we are supposed to love our children. We're supposed to honor our husbands. We're supposed to keep our homes. That doesn't mean you never leave your home. There are some people who think that means I never leave my home. I've got to keep my home. Well, what you had, even in biblical times, is you have wives and husbands who are working alongside one another. They are there with the family. So it's not a prohibition. It's not that you cannot work, but it's that your house should not be in disarray, that your home should not be falling apart at the seams. 
One of the things that I saw in the scriptures and just really shocked me, I don't know how many times we've read about this, but I never processed what was actually going on was when Mary and Joseph were traveling and they traveled for an entire day before they realized that they had lost the Messiah. Do you remember this? You guys, <laughs> I did. Yeah, it's like, you know, I say, okay, there's a lot of pressure on me as a mom, but you know, the mom of the Messiah, like you can't lose that kid. You need to know where he is. You need to know. But here's the thing that the Lord showed me in scripture. They assumed that he was traveling with their company. There was a community there. There was, there was an organization, if you will, of people of like minds that not only did they trust who they were traveling with and who they were moving with, but they enjoyed the safety of that, that they could travel for an entire day <laughs> and not know that the Lord is teaching. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? And so I think about that. And I think that our families, not just our immediate families, but our extended families mm. have so broken down mm. that we don't have the kind of support that would even be necessary for us to have that kind of community where we support one another, where we undergird one another and we encourage one another. I say this, you know, Hillary Clinton said it took it takes a village. Right. You remember that? Right. And, and I and I always said that was just their way of saying, give us your kids. My thing is this. We need to be picking the village. If it, if it does take a community, then we want to decide who's in that community right. and how we work together to advance the cause of Christ. Amen, girl. Preach it. I, I agree with you completely. And, and we're talking about missional purpose of the family. Mm-hmm. And it's to pass on. You're talking about as, as you know, heirs are in the a hand of a mighty man, so mm-hmm. the children of our youth, mm-hmm. that we're to pass it on. It's like a baton. We're running the race. Right. And some way we're not passing <laughs> it from one generation to the other generation. There mm-hmm. seems to be a slackness there. Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it comes down to intentionality. You know, um, can you make disciples of your children by sending them uh, or in sending them to public school or private school, Christian school? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you do it through homeschool? Yes. In all cases, in every case, it still requires being intentional to, to make disciples yeah. of your children. Yes, it doesn't right. happen just. No, it's not going to happen just because you're homeschool doesn't mean your kids are going to grow up and follow Jesus. I'm afraid right. I've That's seen right. some of those. Yeah. Oh, so, come on. You know, so um, it's in, it's about intentionality, which is discipleship. You can't do discipleship accidentally. That's right. And that's um, right. And so. I think that's what we're really talking about. We are. Yeah. That's what, and we're talking about the purpose. One more thing I really wanted to cover is homeschooling in the black community. I mm-hmm. know it's been very well received in the, what, quote, here we are segregating. I hate to do that, <laughs> but yet at the yeah. same time, sometimes you mm-hmm. need to talk about what's happening to mm-hmm. a group and not happen to another group. Yeah. Uh, guys, tell me about this. Is, 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 has it catching on in so the homeschooling in the black community, far as you can tell? Well, I'll say this in uh, Let Mickey. I'll say the rest, but I, growing up, I only knew one person that homeschooled. Is <laughs> a friend of mine I went to church with, black guy. I didn't have a clue <laughs> of what they were talking about when he said he was homeschooled. I mean, all those years, and I was like, man. And I, he eventually went to high to you public high something school. Must be wrong. But I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand it, you know. So even like in the black community, for as my experience, we never talked about that. I I was thinking, is that even legal? Like, yeah. can you do that? Like, can you <laughs> yeah. homeschool? And so I think a lot of uh, uh, experiences are like just ignorance. We just don't know what this is. You know, we don't even see that Mm -hmm. as an option. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, uh, just getting the word out. And I think it's it's growing more and more that that's an option. Mm -hmm. You see, you're seeing more black families do that. 
Yeah, and I would say this too, Brother Burr. I I don't think you're you're segregating or separating. I think thank when you. you. Look I at sure numbers, don't mean to. Me. No, I don't <laughs> think you're doing that. I don't. We're think one race. We're the human we, race. Amen. That's exactly right. And can I say this? When you read Acts chapter 17, um, verses 26 and 27, the Bible gives us the reason for our ethnicities. In mm-hmm. fact, and there is one chief reason. All the other things might be extras. You enjoy your culture. You enjoy your ethnicity. All those things, which culture and ethnicity are different. But you enjoy all of that. But the Bible makes it plain the reason for our ethnicities, the reasons that we live in the time that we live and where we dwell. And Acts chapter 17, verse 27 says that they should see God. Mm-hmm. So the reason that we have the color of skin that we have all across all around the world is that we would seek and find God. And so I, I'm, I don't, it doesn't make me bristle. You know what I mean? Because there are some things that you can look at and you can see that the statistics are different. Mm-hmm. Homeschooling has in the last 10 to 15 years, more than doubled among black uh, school age kids. And so it was something, it was one of those things like Willis describing his anomaly friend. And so it was something <laughs> that you never saw, <laughs> but yeah. now increasingly you see it more and more. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a couple statements that I think first, when people hear it, they're going to say, well, Miki, you know, you're there. Miki, you're being racist or Miki, you're being stereotypical and that's fine, but you can answer the question in your head. I won't put anybody on the spot to answer it out loud, but just wherever you are, you're driving, you're listening at home. I'm going to ask you a question. Who performs worse in the public school setting? Who's at the bottom of the list when you think about school performance? Don't say it out loud. Just think in your head. All right. You probably got an answer. And then who's at the top of that list? And then as far as who does well in school, I bet you got an answer. And then who's next? And then who's third? All right. And so I I guarantee you, without putting anybody on the spot, I guarantee you, we all had the same ethnicities and we were able to stack them up according to their performance in school. This has been our story for decades. It has not changed. So without going through through the entire list, usually at the top of the list, you have Asians. And at the bottom of the list, you have black Americans. That has been consistent for decades. More and more black families are taking note of this. And they're saying, you know what? This system isn't working for our kids. They're saying there is there is something here that's going on and we can't figure out what it is. So until we can get it all together, I'm better homeschooling them myself. And guess what? Here's what's been the amazing thing. There are more black families homeschooling for non-religious purposes than white families. So you've got more white families homeschooling and they would probably say because of biblical worldview, right? They would say this is is sort of become something that is almost a little bit of a norm. But in the black context, what we see happening now is that there are black families who say, Yes, I do want to train them. I I want to give them my religious worldview, if you will. And I'm looking at some of the studies that are not necessarily Christian. But there are also black families who are who are saying when we look at the statistics and we see where black kids finish in school, we don't feel like it's conducive for them. We don't feel like it's conducive to their their high education. And so one of the things I think you have to ask is what puts kids at a disadvantage Mm. and how can you change that? Amen. Will, Mickey Addison, two great people, Aaron the Addisons on the Urban Family Network. Thank you guys for being with us today to discuss homeschooling. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We appreciate what you're doing and may the Lord, the way they say it is, may your tribe increase. Amen. And uh, (laughs) I I pray they will. Nathan, it's been good to be with you again. Thank you. And you're listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio Network and Urban Family Network. We appreciate 
uh, all that you do and, and how you work. And we're praying that God would use you in carrying his good news around the world or across the street, wherever you are, you're on mission for God and he wants to use you to bring glory and honor. So one day around the throne, There'll be people from all the nations of the earth gathering together singing, Glory is the Lord.